0: slept in hey we're not judging sometimes you just need to get a little more sleep
1: and if you do need to get a little more sleep we'd much rather you did that in a comfortable place like say your bed than in say our pews so you can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this sunday morning sleep in podcast
0: we will miss out on some things we think are pretty important like intergenerational community inspiring music cute kids And, of course, cookies or, well, today we had donut holes. Briart. I know. You had healthy stuff. We had donut holes. But we'll give you what we can.
1: I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada, the biggest little city in the world. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers. We are your average pastors, helping
0: our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working, or maybe you're coaching your dog's athletic team, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church.
1: Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon that we gave on Sunday, so... Whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we hope that you receive this with an open heart and an open mind, and perhaps an open cup of coffee in front of you.
0: A quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we say or not. In fact, we really encourage you to question what we're saying and to figure out what you think. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider
1: this. So Susan. So Chris. We preached the same scripture on Sunday. No way. Matthew five, thirty eight to forty eight, which is again part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's the fourth week. We've been talking about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is worrisome since there are two more chapters still. And we're still working <laughs> through the first one. And but, we're
0: about to hit Lent.
1: But we're gonna get there we're going to get there. We sort of started off talking similarly. Mm-hmm. I did not go to the follow the leader route. You didn't. Went in a slightly different way, but it's related. It's just yeah. a different way of looking at the same thing. And so I started with really kind of hitting home for my folks what the whole eye for an eye tooth for a tooth thing is about. Uh-huh. So way way way, way. back Are we in, in the day, way back machine. Way way back in the day, long before Jesus was around. Uh-huh. The proper response to somebody causing you harm was what?
0: To cause harm to them. How much harm? More than they've caused you.
1: All the harm.
0: Mm-hmm. All
1: the harm. You're going to cause all the harm. As much as you wanted to, really. And, right. and a lot of this had to do with caste and stuff, too. So if you were a wealthy person and a right. poor person hurt you, you could kill them. Right. Uh, if you were a wealthy person and a wealthy person hurt you, you could kill their cow. I mean, it sort of depended, right? Right. All these rules around what you could do. And so this Old Testament law, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth was not justifying taking revenge. It was limiting how much revenge you could take.
0: It makes me realize just like sort of how human the whole response to go back harder and faster is.
1: Yeah. I mean, and if you doubt that that's still a thing, just check out any YouTube comments section. Oh, yeah. So with eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, if I tweak your nose, all you can do back to me is... Tweak your nose. Which would be like the funniest fight ever. It's like girl fight, but with clowns.
0: <laughs> I think that's basically the Three Stooges.
1: Yeah, it would be an episode of the Three Stooges, which okay. they're super lovable. Who doesn't love the Three Stooges? Horrible people. That's Horrible. who. All right. So <laughs> eye for eye was a limit on the amount of revenge you could take. So then Jesus comes along and he says, you have heard it said, and I for eye two for a tooth. tooth. So you know that you're not supposed to hit back harder right. than somebody hit you. But I'm telling you that that's not far enough. I'm telling mm. you, I'm not throwing that out. I'm saying we need to strengthen that even more. But you and need to so, have a deeper
0: understanding of that.
1: Absolutely. And so instead of just taking their eye,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how about don't hit them? How about how about we try that? <laughs> how about don't extend the cycle of violence? Mm. Which is, I think, a lot harder.
0: It's way harder. I mean, it's something I, that, that you know, we're 2,000 years on and we still haven't figured out.
1: Right. And then into this, Jesus kind of builds in a little bit of protection. So he's not saying which is how I understood it when I was growing up, mm-hmm. if your brother punches you, take it.
0: Right. This is one of the things I made sure to point out in my when I got yeah. to this point in the sermon, I was like, Yeah. We're gonna pause my, my little line here, but we need to make sure that we realize that these we have used these inappropriately.
1: And Jesus is not telling people to take abuse.
0: And Jesus is not saying lay flatter your and be a good doormat.
1: Yeah. Jesus is not asking you to be a wallflower or a doormat. Jesus is still asking you to do what Jesus has been asking you to do through the whole sermon, which is to be who you are out loud, which is not a person of violence. So we acted out the turning the other cheek. Oh, did you? It's the only time in my church I will allow people to fake fight or real fight. (laughs) So we had two volunteers come up to the front of the church. I I, I
0: actually had this image of having the whole audience doing it.
1: No, no. We got into a slap fight. Well, we did the whole right-handed, left-handed thing, which is Middle Eastern culture, ancient culture, and still today, actually. Mm -hmm. One of my uh, vets was uh, telling me, veterans, not veterinarians, was telling me that in the Middle East, he was in Afghanistan Mm -hmm. for a while, um, men will hide their left hands under their robes Mm. because they don't want to tick off men with guns basically and they think mm. it's incredibly disrespectful left hand bottom of your feet you never show that to anybody right so
0: context
1: right hand clean eating right making business deals hugging your children left hand dirty so uh, now left-handed people today we know are actually a fraction more intelligent than right-handed people susan's a lefty she's doing a little dance right now Congratulations! But back in the day, it was not okay to be left-handed. Right. There were people correct. in my church who remember. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> there are people in my church who remember. Don't want to be handed when it still wasn't okay to be yeah. left-handed when my, they were in school.
0: My grandfather was so excited. Like it's one of the things that I love. That my grandfather died just before I turned three. Oh. But I was old enough that he that was he knew so excited that I was going to be. I'm the only left-handed grandchild or child. Wow. And he was so excited because he had been left handed. He, he had been left handed and had been forced to do right. And you can tell in his writing. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: So I asked people in the church how many people had been in schools where if they were left handed, they were forced to be right handed. And mm-hmm. there were several hands that went up. Yeah. And I said, Did you also walk uphill both ways? And they started laughing. So handedness was a thing. So mm-hmm. if you hit somebody with your right hand, it was clean. You were saying you're my equal. Right. If you backhanded somebody or hit them with your left hand, you're saying you're dirt, you're mm-hmm. scum. And so you would never mix those two up. So the whole idea of when Jesus says, turn the other cheek, he's actually making it impossible for somebody to hit you again mm-hmm. without shaming themselves. So we acted this out. And the two people who volunteered were so funny. It was these two women, <laughs> one all the way from the back of the church, one all the way from the front of the church. Whenever I ask for volunteers, everybody like, refuses to make eye contact with right, me. Right? right? It's nobody wants of to get course. up in front of the church.
0: Of course. These right. two
1: ladies were so enthusiastic. It <laughs> Did was- you
0: tell them it was a fight?
1: Oh, no, I didn't tell them what they were volunteering oh, for. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, so, uh, so it was uh, the older lady was beating up the younger lady, and I made her do it a few times because... <laughs>
0: Gotta get the point across.
1: Well, the younger lady wasn't getting the... I needed the reaction shot. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like a director who was like, take it from the top. Let's do this again. Uh, but we got there. We okay. got there eventually. And, uh, and so they did a good job. So good job, Barbara. Good job, Nora. Good job. Um, it was pretty funny. And people in the congregation seemed to enjoy it. So we acted this out to kind of drill the point home that Jesus was making it impossible for somebody to hit you again. Right. And then we talked about the thing that we talked about in the last podcast, the soldiers. Mm -hmm. We talked about the standing there naked to humiliate the person who was suing you. Right. Uh, We talked about all of that. Um, And we talked about how Jesus was showing us how to claim your own worth. Oh, yeah. Even when somebody was trying to disparage you physically, disparage you legally, take you to court and sue you for the shirt off your back, Mm -hmm. humiliate you by making you carry their stuff, whatever that was, Jesus was saying, don't let somebody else determine your value. Yeah. Don't let somebody else determine how you are perceived in the world. You are not a victim. And I think that's important for us to hear because I hear a lot of people struggling with things when they think other people aren't giving them the respect that they deserve. Mm-hmm. And they choose to kind of cower from that. They, they recoil from that. And I get it. It's painful when somebody hits you, right? It hurts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think if you let them chase you away, you're letting them win twice. And that's not who we are.
0: That's not who we are. And I think sometimes it's the amount of brain space we give somebody. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Don't let somebody live rent-free in your head.
0: Oh, heck no. Yeah. Right. And, and Jesus is saying that in a way. Yeah. He's saying,
1: don't let them determine who you are. And don't be ashamed don't of who let you the, are.
0: Don't ever let any of these things be defining moments.
1: And by breaking the cycle of revenge, what he's saying is don't let them turn you into somebody who has sunk to their level.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So if they hit you, you don't hit back. You don't need to do that. That's not who you are. I think that's important for us to, to be so firmly rooted in who we are and in the vision that we are focused on. Mm-hmm. This kingdom of God world that we are not swayed by the garbage that gets flung at us on a daily basis because we live in the world. That was sort of the first thing that I wanted to drive home, was Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying, you don't let somebody else bully you into this stuff. And the second thing, and this is sort of the way it ends, and I love the way they say it in the message, but I'm going to read it in the message, and then I'm going to translate it the way you've probably heard it if you're familiar with Scripture. In the message it says, in a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Boom. Eugene Boom. H. Peterson with the mic drop. Right. In a word what I'm saying is grow up. You're kingdom subjects. Now, live like it. Live out your God-created identity, live generously and graciously toward others, the way God lives towards you.
0: Boom.
1: Yeah. Just grow up, just get over it. Not to say like you've been hurt and therefore like you're being hurt is not important, but don't let that define you. Right.
0: Well, in the grow up piece isn't that sort of a defining understanding of what? It's actually very kind of funny. Like, like I think of like little kids who think an eye for you know equal yeah equal is it's not fair. It's not fair. And then it actually moves into like what we we're talking about, like allowing people to sort of live in, live in our lives mm-hmm. in ways that it's not appropriate and um, take up space in our lives instead of claiming our own life. Yeah. And when we finally get to maturity and we can live our own life, that's definitely growing up. Yeah.
1: Usually what I hear is they're not letting me. They're not letting me do this. They're not letting me. Well, just do it. Mm -hmm. Who needs to let you be who you are? Right. Just be who you are. Do what you got to do.
0: Do what you got to do. This
1: is one of my beefs right now with actually the LGBTQ equality movement in the United Methodist Church is that a lot of times, whether this is the work they're doing or not, Mm -hmm. the movement is presented as stop hurting us. Right. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Mm -hmm. And It's like, you guys... Instead of letting somebody tell you what you're worth and saying, "ow that hurts. What you need to do is say, here's why we are indispensable to you. Here are the mission fields we can reach that you cannot. Exactly. Here is our experience of God that you need to hear because it's going to teach you something that you need to know. Yeah. And so instead of saying, ow, 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 say, no, this is who God has created me to be. I'm going to do this work. I don't really care if you approve or not. And I'm going to show you that you're wrong. And I know that there are so many amazing LGBTQ pastors out there doing that work, but the movement is not perceived that way. Yeah. And so being who you are out loud is important. In the normal versions, the translations of the Bible, it doesn't say live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. It says, be ye therefore perfect as okay. your heavenly father is perfect.
0: Oh, and talk about wording that has such loaded language. Oh my
1: gosh, totally, right? We're two perfectionists. Oh yeah. Some of us a little bit more than others. But depends on the topic. Depends on, our cars are both messes, but our minds are clear. <laughs> Except on Sunday afternoons, <sighs> when I cannot stop We're, picturing God playing follow right. the leader.
0: And we've learned, th- we've learned through experience that we should not go to Target.
1: On Sunday afternoons, we should not. Mm-hmm. Um, be ye therefore perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Uh, we could get tripped up on this because we can't be perfect. I asked people in the congregation, if you've been perfect in the last week, raise your hand. One person raised your hand. And I thought, you know, actually I would believe it if that person. <laughs> but for most of us, plebeians. Right, right. right. Uh, we make mistakes. We get it wrong. What we am have my, our my moments. my former boss of,
0: used to say, oh, that's the first mistake I've ever made.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so, so being perfect is so far out of our reach. It's ridiculous. So we go back and do the preacher thing and we look at the word. What is the word? Well, the word is telos or telos, which means completion Mm. or moving towards completion. And so it's really the idea, the Wesleyan idea of perfection, which is not that you're never going to make a mistake. It's not that you're never going to even on purpose screw up. Right. It's not that you're going to know everything. It's that Through all things, you will find a way to be loving, to live into this kingdom of God thing that is now and not some Mm. distant point in the future. Yeah. The the word that I would substitute for perfect is persistent. Mm. Be ye, therefore, persistent persistent, as God is persistent. God doesn't wait for us to get it right.
0: Thank goodness.
1: (laughs) Thank goodness. God is just persistent. God is just persistent. God persistently loves us,
0: persistently
1: calls us, persistently, persistently offers creates. grace, yeah. persistently
0: offers mercy.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. God is sort of like, well, you messed up again. Okay, let's keep going, you know? Because we've got some work to do and you don't have time to be despairing right now. Right. You don't have time to judge yourself. Let's just keep moving. And I think that that's much more helpful for me. Mhm. Particularly in the face of resistance, right? When we're facing, say, political powers that are not in line with our values. Like, what's the answer to that? Be persistent. Know who you are. Mm -hmm. Don't let anybody else tell you you're less than that. Right. And persistently work towards this kingdom ideal of justice and peace and joy and love. That's it. Persistence. So there are all these examples in the Gospels of people who are persistent. Yes. And the women... Rarely get a shout out, so let's name off some of the women who are persistent. There's the widow with the judge,
0: mm-hmm. who wants
1: a fair ruling, and the judge can't be bothered because it's his day off.
0: Right, and the it's... woman with the, the thing about the dogs, the the scraps. Oh, the, and the Syrophoenician
1: table. woman. Yes, the Syrophoenician woman is on my list. She uh, she is a really fascinating story, and right. I will get into that at some point. But the Syrophoenician woman, uh, Jesus called her a b word, mm-hmm. and she said, "Hey." Even dogs it. get scraps. And Jesus was like, well played. <laughs> and not only did he give her what she wanted, he pivoted his whole ministry changed after that moment because mm-hmm. he learned something from her, her persistence in not running away the first time he called her a name. Mm-hmm. And Jesus had a mouth on him.
0: Right. It's sort of like, you know, she she learned the lesson he was teaching. Oh, yeah. And, and then she taught it, it to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's the woman with
1: the lost coin. Yep. So what does she do? She goes, looking for it. She sweeps I've, out the entire house.
0: And when she finds it, she throws a
1: party. And the party probably cost way more than the coin because it wasn't about the money. It was about finding what she was looking for. Yeah, That persistence. There's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning like a student, mm-hmm. which was not acceptable for a woman. Mm-mm. And even her sister was going, "What, what? you ungrateful, unhelpful <laughs> All the things. And Mary said, no, this is, this, this is, is the right place for doing. me. Yeah. This is the persistence. Her persistence allowed her to, to continue to learn. There's the woman with the, the flow of blood for 12 years <sighs> who fought her way through the crowds to touch the hem of Jesus's garment. Yeah. And it worked. It worked. It worked. There's um, the woman at the well. We talked about her in the last episode too, mm-hmm. who had been rejected and dumped by five husbands. At the time, right? Women did not have the power to divorce. Right. Only men had the power to divorce. So so it wasn't like she was a gold digger or something. It was like she was being married and then divorced. Cast, aside. cast off by all these men. And she was even trying to avoid the other people in the town. She was at the well in the middle of the day. Yep. And Jesus gave her a new purpose. Mm-hmm. And she sort of became an evangelist. Yep. And her persistence brought other people into this conversation with Jesus that otherwise wouldn't have come. Mm-hmm. There was the widow who's giving her offering. Mm-hmm. Even though she has nothing, she is persistently generous. Uh, there's Jesus's mom mm-hmm. who nags him at a wedding because <laughs> the bridal party is about to run out of wine. And that is unacceptable. And Jesus is like, mom, not now. And she's like, do it. No, this is the time. Which is the Boston way of challenging anybody to do anything you want. Do it. Do, do it. it. <laughs> so Jesus does. He changes barrels of water into wine because his mom makes him. There's Mary at Lazarus's tomb mm-hmm. who refuses to back down. Jesus, if you had been here, Mm -hmm. my brother would not have died. This is on you, son. And Jesus Mm -hmm. is like, fair play. And so, you know, so he raises Lazarus up. Like there are all these persistent women who are living out this gospel idea of, no, this is how I will choose to be. I will choose to be persistently generous.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting is I think the stories of New Testament women past the gospels Mm -hmm. are also of persistent women. Yes. They're of women who follow yeah. and pay for. and Tabitha. And Tabitha. And, and Salome. And, and, right. But they're I persistent. I mean, we could do
1: extra gospel stuff like pers- Tekla. Right. Who Paul tells her, you're a woman, you can't be a preacher. And she's like, watch me. And she goes <laughs>
0: off and like right. preaches all the things. Right. Persistence. Persistence, right? Right. yeah. Like, like I think that that's, that's an interesting point, that that's a thread we could trace
1: Oh yeah, you could absolutely trace it all the way through this, this idea of be persistent as God is persistent, like be right. persistently loving, be persistently who you are.
0: It was really funny as it's occurring to me is I took Western civilization uh-huh. in college through the lens of women in the oh, early church. Interesting. Which is a fascinating class. Shout out uh, to Rasmus Project. But what, it's you're fe- such a nerd. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. But what was so funny is like we're talking about this and I'm like, oh, that's actually the thread we followed. Yeah. Was persistent women.
1: Persistent women. Absolutely. um, And not doing it to condemn or to judge or to critique or to correct, but doing it because they had this vision of how the world was supposed to be. And they were working towards that vision, no matter what other kinds of resistance they were going to meet. Yeah. And they were doing it really for the sake of everybody, because allowing somebody to be judgmental or violent that's not in their best interest either.
0: No, it's not. Because what does that do? I mean, that what we know is that that hurts your soul. Yeah. It hurts your spirit.
1: That was sort of where we went with this. To be persistent as persistent. God is persistent. And I said, you know, we're going to meet resistance because Christianity has always been countercultural. Right. Um, choosing to lift up people who other people would rather ignore is not popular. It's a little uncomfortable for everybody. Uh, but that's who we're called to be. You know, I think we can be persistent. One of the stories that I told at one of my services and not at the other service. I don't really know why. It was just...
0: Timing and out the flow or whatever.
1: We got out like 10 minutes early at my 10 o'clock service, which is oh. bizarre. I have no idea where that time came from. I think everything was just on the shorter side. Like
0: All the hymns were short. All, the
1: hymns were short. The musical offering was short. The sermon was short. We got out 10 minutes early, which has never happened before. But the story about Elizabeth Warren... Mm -hmm. On the floor of the Senate. And Elizabeth Warren was going up against uh, Jeff Sessions, Mm -hmm. who in the 1980s had been rejected by a Republican Congress for being racist. Right. And Coretta Scott King, MLK's widow, had written a letter explaining all of the different ways that this man had been discriminatory against black people. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth Warren was trying to remind the court, well, remind the Senate and the like, this is why we didn't do it last time. Let's keep these things in mind. And so she started to read Coretta Scott King's letter, mm-hmm. and she was cut off and silenced and escorted from the Senate. Well, she went outside, and there were news crews there who were waiting to hear from her, and she read the letter anyway. And good for her, mm-hmm. because she was not willing to be silenced. Right. She was not willing to let us forget our values as a nation, to lift up all people of all races equally, even if we fall far short sure, of that yeah. a lot at the time. We don't need to blatantly ignore the things that we know have happened. It's like not letting somebody hit you a second time, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, whether or not you agree with Elizabeth Warren's politics, I think you've got to admit that she's a persistent woman and we can learn some things from her. Now, we don't all have her power, we don't all have her visibility.
0: But we have our spheres.
1: Yeah. We have who we are and we can be who we are out loud and not let other people determine our worth, our value, or our place. Amen. We have agency. Amen. So that was that was the sermon
0: yay Yay! thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In Podcast if you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've covered today shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com you can find this podcast at uh, iTunes, Google Play SoundCloud, and something else I can't remember at the moment but you will search for us you'll find us, you found this one the scripture of today was Matthew 5 38 to 48, and uh, invite you to look that up and read that for yourself, see what you find in the text that maybe we missed this week. Mm-hmm. The music, theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazar. So
1: it's traditional at the end of a worship service for the pastor to give a benediction. It means a good word in Latin. And usually it's a blessing of some kind, but I don't have magic words. If uh, if people show up in church generally, it's because they've already been there at some point. They've already been blessed. Somebody loved them or tried to show them what God was like. So my assumption is that you have been blessed in some way. So your job then is to go out and be a blessing persistently. No matter what else anybody else tells you you should be doing or shouldn't be doing, I want you to go out and love every person you meet, even the ones you might not think deserve it because God thinks they do. And you might just find yourself blessed in the process. Amen? Amen.